This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, we got a jam-packed show for you. We'll talk baseball, we'll talk some NBA, and we'll talk a little football as well. Hey, Gordon, let's go to work. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Along with Brian, the good vibes and Mike, Mike, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey, Gordon, what's happening? Not a whole lot, Larry. How was your weekend? My weekend was fabulous. And Gordon, let me just tell you this: I'm watching a game here. I'm looking at this NBA game that we have on ESPN. Uh huh. The Warriors and Sixers, and. and Steph Curry's got 43. I don't understand how the Warriors are a game under 500. Every time I turn around, he's scoring like 40-some points, and they're like in games where they're winning. It's amazing to me. It's amazing. Yeah, and he's been red hot lately. So, oh, he's been uh, unbelievable. You know, they're trying to avoid the uh, the play-in situation out west. So, and, and, and you would think that if you're one of those teams that's in, you know, seven or eight, the last thing you want to do is go into a play-in situation against the Warriors. Yeah, because you're going home. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not uh, – we were expecting something a little easier than this. Yeah. No, you're going home. I mean, he is, he is on a mission right now. Gordon, it was a great weekend. I, I had two great Nick games that I mm-hmm. was just ecstatic about. Yeah, the Mets won. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I was thinking about you. And I'm, <laughs> and, I'm going to, and I'm going to let the audience in on the little secret. I didn't want to bother Gordon because I felt he was miserable enough. Yeah. And, and so I texted him before the show, and I just said, just check it in. I purposely did not want to bother you. Gordon, since I've been doing this show on ESPN New York tonight, and I've been doing shows in this city for you know, a gazillion years, but since I've been doing this show on ESPN New York tonight, I've, had, I've got several white jackets, and I put them on for fans who have devastating losses or or – the team's just not playing well or their star's not playing well or their star gets traded. I try to be that doctor. You know what I'm saying? I try to be mm-hmm. that person that, that you come in on the couch, here it is, and I sit and I listen and I try to be that voice of reason. This is why I try to be. And so because I understand your pain, and, and I took some calls yesterday. I know you had some on Saturday. But I took some calls yesterday that – if I had been a Yankee fan, I would have just I, – I was astounded at what I heard. So I understand that there's panic. I understand that there's anger. I understand that there's just disbelief among Yankee fans. So, Gordon, I'm going to step aside. I want you to vent. My friend, just vent. Let it all out. Don't leave anything on the table. Well, I'm look, I you. mean, you know, the, the, the problem is and, – and you always start the show out by saying, let's go to work. I, I would like for you to contact the Yankees and let them know to go to work once in a while. Um, you know, a- after having another day and a nice day off today where I didn't have to worry about watching them, I've kind of gone through the, the, the five cycles of, of, of grief, of loss. And, you know, I, I've gone through bargaining. I think I'm still stuck on anger. Uh, I think mostly most fans are stuck on anger. You know, I try to take a reasoned approach, right? It's only 15 games. It's only, you know, they've had bad starts before. They're going to get this cleaned up. These guys aren't going to hit like this or or not hit like this throughout the the whole season. But when you watch them night in and night out, you keep waiting for things to change, and nothing changes. I mean, they are the classic case of even when they get a run early – and you think, okay, today's the day. They're going to break out now, right? They got to they run here. They get a run there. 
it just goes away. There, I compared him on Saturday to the guy that's on the diet, right? Like on Monday, that's it. I'm starting the diet. And then by Wednesday, he's eating ice cream out of a giant helmet. You know, I mean, it just goes right back to the way it was before. Now, maybe part of that is facing the Rays. Maybe it's, a, it's the perfect storm. But I think what you can see now is, yes, I think the offense will perform better at some point. But where the concern is, there are so many areas on this team that are flawed. Even if the offense does perform up to expectations, I don't know if that's going to be enough to, to cover them. Well, um, look, there's no denying that they are not playing well. There's no denying right. that they have struggled. And I think it's not even struggled. They've stunk. They have yeah, stunk but, to but high I, heaven. But I think it's all related, Gordon. And I think if they were able to start hitting, I think the other stuff would take care of itself. I think that they're taking a lot of these at bats in the field. I think that they are just trying to do too much at the plate. Everybody comes in, they're trying to hit a five run home run. When there's nobody on base, they're just trying. They're sawdust. If you look closely, I'm sure they're sawdust leaving the the batting glove because they're gripping the bat too tight. They are just really, really high strung and doing too, trying to do too much. And surprisingly, Aaron Boone, whom has been the guy that you would think, oh, he's the nice guy. He's just laying the bat. He's jumped on this team a couple of times, and he has told us that he's jumped on this team a couple of times, and they still have not responded. So from, from where I'm sitting, and I spoke to a couple of Yankee fans today, so from this – and once again, I'm on the outside. It is – Gordon, we're in April. We're in April where we had, don't even have a day that's begun with a two yet. So if you're going to struggle – You've got time. You're five and ten. Okay, you've got over a hundred and forty plus games left to get it right. Absolutely, and okay. you would think that there's going to be. You know, I don't think the Yankees are going to lose two out of no. every three games that they play. I would grant you that, and no. I do think that the offense is going to get better. But when you take a look at the pit, you know, it, it didn't take Nostradamus to think that you know what Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon, you know, adding them to the rotation that's filled with question marks. Uh, maybe that might not really be improving the team all that much. You know, the, the defense, which, you know, I've, I've given Glaber a pass in the, in the past about, you know, it was a short season last year. That's not improved. Aaron Hicks. Aaron oh. Hicks in center field. I, I, at this point, I don't even know why you're playing him. I mean, he's Man. a butcher in the field, and he's terrible at the plate. And for some reason, only this weekend, did they say, you know what, maybe this guy shouldn't be hitting third. I mean, there are a lot of areas of concern, and I think um, the biggest one to me is, is kind of the defense. Like, if you want to sh play mm -hmm. sharp baseball behind a questionable pitching staff to kind of bail them out, Yankees just aren't designed really that way. You know, if Glaber's not going to be any better at shortstop, they already have a question behind the plate, which we all know he's not going to be Johnny Bench. Now Aaron Hicks is a disaster in center field. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, it doesn't get much worse than that. They, they're auditioning people to play first base, basically, until Luke Voigt comes back. Mm -hmm. uh, Rugnit Odor is not going to make anybody forget about Joe Morgan. No, no. Uh, uh, and it doesn't really seem like it's even a concern of theirs, because if it was a concern of theirs, Tyler Wade might still be here. Well, and, and that's where I'm trying to go, Gordon, and I'm looking for solutions. All right, and and you make a great point about defensively because and and I even think the pitching will come around. Now, 
if I were a Yankee fan, I would be calling for Debbie Garcia to come up. I'm yeah. the, the next two days, okay, you've got Tyon and Kluber pitching against Atlanta, right? If they give you another performance as their previous ones, I'm ready to pull them out of the rotation. Let me see Debbie Garcia. Bring him up. Let me see what he can do. Okay? Maybe they need to go to an alternate site. Maybe they need to be pulled out of the rotation so they can fix whatever's ailing them. You know, listen, got a lot of respect for Kluber. He's been a phenomenal pitcher. But come on, Gordon. You don't sit and tell me after giving up the, the, the two starts he's had, I'm getting close. No, I don't want to hear you're getting close. Okay, it's not what I want to hear from you. So I'm 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 really I'm ready to make changes. Give me Tyler Wade, bring him back. Okay, pull. I need to sit some folks. Okay, move, juggle this lineup up. I mean, if if uh, Aaron Hicks is is hitting as bad as he is, guess what? Hit him eighth. All right, messages need to be sent to this ball club. They're not getting it from the manager who's talking to them. They're not bringing it onto the field. All right, they need some, some things need to change. The comfort level needs to change. People need to be sat down, Gordon. That's how players get messages. In my years of covering sports, here's what players understand when they're not playing. They, they'll talk a lot of other stuff and whatnot. When you're sitting, that's when the message drives home. And, yeah, you can't sit, everybody. I got it. it it's, it's, it, it's, you know, you need – you're already not hitting, so you don't want to injure yourself further. But, Gordon – that's what I'm looking for from the fans tonight that call us the Yankee fans at 1-800-919-3776. I'm looking for solutions. I'm not looking for trading Gleyber Torres because he's done. I'm not looking for trying to trade Giancarlo Stanton because nobody's going to take Giancarlo Stanton right now. All right? I'm not, I'm, so don't give, me, don't give us these, just these, these trades that you want to just get rid of somebody just because you think somebody else is, and somebody else is just going to take them because you don't want them anymore. These are the things that these are the things that Cashman's got to think of. These are the things that the Yankee front office has to do. And Gordon, until they get this straight, I don't want to hear about giving guys days off. I don't want to hear oh about pulling God. folks out of the lineup. I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about sabermetrics. Right now, you need to get this team on the straight now. Yeah, and uh, you know, you were saying about Corey Kluber saying he's getting close. It's like when you're going out someplace with your wife and she's getting ready. Is he, are you um, are you almost ready? Yeah, I'm getting close. Right, and then you know you're going to be sitting in the chair for another ten. You know, like how much longer is this going to take before you're up and ready to go? Um, look, uh, you know, people can can point to all the different areas that they are struggling at right now. It's hard for me to believe that they're just going to play this dreadfully for this long a period of time. But I, I do think that even as someone who is optimistic and as a Yankee fan is optimistic, you would be lying to yourself if you were to say that this team did not have some pretty major flaws that are going to be difficult to fix. Like, at least they have some options in terms of pitching. I don't know that it would solve the problem, but, you know, King has looked pretty good at times. You have Davey Garcia. Maybe one of these guys can get straightened out. Jordan Montgomery hasn't been that bad. Uh, but in terms of the defense – uh, I, I don't see any area. I don't see any way or really around that. I don't really see any way to fix that. And unless guys are going to start to hit, it doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do think as, as far as your pitching is concerned, while you're struggling, Gordon, you don't need a four out, a four inning outing, and then you go into oh. your bullpen three consecutive days. No, you know, and and because then your bullpen, then when you get up, when you start to hit, your bullpen's going to be all, all messed up, and you're going to give up the runs. You're going to give the runs back, and you're going to lose 10-9. So then you'll have another issue. And what's frustrating to me is it seems like the only guy in the regular lineup, or it's supposed to be in the regular lineup, whoever has to suffer for the slump is Clint Frazier. 
You know, it's almost like the first sign of trouble. Clint Frazier's the guy that sits down and they plug in uh, Brett Gardner. Uh, it's just very uh, puzzling to me. So, uh, I, and among the bad decisions, did you see the Zoom that they had today with uh, Brian Cashman? I don't know who chose that Zoom angle. I mean, it was like he was Zoomed on his face in the Yankee Stadium. With, uh, speaking of bad decisions, you know, back it up a little bit. You know, how about a little bit of a bust shot there? You know, I don't know. We need to be that close up. Oh, we want to see him sweat. We wanted to see if he would cry, Gordon. We wanted, we wanted, we wanted some pressure on him. We wanted to see if he, if he's sweating, if he is, is, if he's feeling the pressure from upper management to get this thing going. So they zoomed him on him tight. As a matter of yeah. fact, speaking to Brian Cashman, we'll hear from him. Also, Michael K had some interesting comments. I want to share this one with you right now before we go to break. This is Michael K who says the Yankees get this, Gordon, are coddled. Here's Kay. When you are unfailingly positive like Aaron Boone has been, which all of a sudden you're going to turn it on, it could go either one of two ways. The kids could say, wow, dad just yelled at us. He never gets mad. Or the kids go, dad's yelling. He never gets mad. So the team is playing right now undisciplined baseball. They're playing sloppy baseball. They're playing uninspired baseball. And you have heard me on this air for years go, pump the brakes on blaming a manager in this day and age because the manager in the front office, they are in lockstep with decisions. Right. But the way a manager is, is also in lockstep with the way the front office wants. These are not the days where Billy Martin could flip over a table and get his team's attention. Lou Pinella could actually have a fight with Rob Dibble. No, 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 no. This is a different world. You've got to coddle these players. And you know what the Yankees look like right now? And nobody's going to like to hear this. They look coddled. They don't look scared. They weren't scared when Aaron Boone yelled at them on Friday because you know what they did? They laid an egg on Saturday. They don't look scared, but Gordon, they look bored <laughs> uh they do look i would say this i would say some guys look like they're pressing i would say that that is true I, it looks like judge is pressing right now uh i'd say glaber looks like i mean he's swinging like he's jeff bagwell i mean he's just you know just from his rear end just swinging all but look when 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 the yankees decided and let's be honest when brian cashman decided to make the change at manager and they had that first opening press conference with Aaron Boone where they talked about we're going to care about the players mm-hmm. and we're going to take care of them and we're going to be on their side. It, it, it was clear from that point, like, okay, that's all well and good when things are going well. But when things go wrong, and, I mean, they've had some slow starts, but this is really the first, I would say, crisis point this early on in the season of, of this could be a really bad year with Aaron Boone. How is the team going to respond to that? Are they just going to kind of, you know, blow it off and not really take it all that seriously? And based on the performance so far, it doesn't look like it's had any impact whatsoever. No, it really doesn't. So Brian Cashman spoke to the media today, and here's the reason why. Aaron Hicks struck out three times his four for his last 28. Aaron Hicks, one hit in his last 15 at-bats. Glaber Torres, three of his last 24. Giancarlo Stanton, despite his second-inning home run, three for his last 26. Clint Frazier, one for his last 24, doesn't have an RBI in 40 plate appearances this season. The Yankee batting average is down to 210, one point above AL worst Cleveland. Brian Cashman, what's up with this rough start? It's certainly a disappointing start. We obviously know we're better than this, but we also know being in this game a long time that this is also part of seasons. You know, it, these are different segments that you get, unfortunately, into and our patch is happening right in the front end and that's not to dismiss it, but we are disappointed clearly at uh, where we currently stand, but we know better days are ahead. All right, Brian. Uh, how are you looking at your manager right now? 
we're all in the same boat with performance. Our record is reflective of uh, of our organization. Obviously, Aaron's a piece of that, as am I. But otherwise, he's doing everything he needs to do. He's cross-checking his, whether it's lineup related, whether it's how do you deploy the troops on the defensive standpoint. You know, obviously, he spoke to the team before the uh, Montgomery start. When we face class now, the night before, after that tough loss, he obviously engaged the group in a strong way. You know, so he's, he's doing everything he needs to do. And most importantly, supporting these guys because we trust our players and we trust their abilities and we trust over the, the course of time that will, as it normally does, correct itself. And then obviously with a lot more certainly games under the, the belt. So, you know, I think Aaron Boone's doing everything he can do within his power currently. So, Brian, why are you talking to the media today? The purpose of me being on this call right now is it's an off day. Don't want to run and hide from it. Want to acknowledge, uh, obviously, our disappointing play, but also reinforce that we're not going to have 15 games, have us adjust the course for our message to our players and therefore our fans is we are going to fight our way out of that start. And hopefully by the end of the month, you'll see a, a more reflective record that gets us back online and gets people's confidence back to where it should be. And that's the main purpose of this right now. All right, Gordon, listen, I give him credit. He's not hiding. He came out and, and he spoke to the media. But for me, I, I just, you know, I, I need some answers from from this, from this, uh, from the Yankees. I need to know what, what's going to change. Is, is it just magically going to happen overnight? I just believe that they've got to make some hard decisions about moving some people up and down in the lineup, about making some personnel changes. You know, Gordon, it's funny. We talk about Brett Gardner and he was, the Yankees have always had a situation where they brought somebody in from their minor leagues when they were struggling, and it added some energy in their clubhouse, right? It's it's a young player, happy to be in the major leagues, happy to be in the show, happy to be in the pinstripes. Oh, they look around, oh, my God, look who's here. I've got yeah, – I've got. Uh, previously, it was Jeter, it was A-Rod here, it was Andy Pettit, it was Mariano. You know, going all the way down the line, look at who's in there. That's how Brett Gardner came up. You know, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the clubhouse and Brett Gardner walks in. He's like, wow, here I am. You know, I'm, I've been so close to the organization that Willie Randolph got me here and then will help me out and then look where I am. And, and I'm just so happy to be here, the hard work. This is what this team needs. This team needs some fuel of injection of, of, of life somewhere. And I don't know if they can wait for, for Luke Voigt to get back into this lineup to get it. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, if the number one area where they are lacking right now is the offense – there's very few moves that they can make, right? Oh, all right, maybe they can uh, swap Talkman uh, and get him more games in there and playing center instead of Aaron Hicks because he has been so bad. He can, they can move Hicks, obviously, down to the lineup even when he plays. But other than that, they don't – I mean, they're not – they're a kind of locked in at all these positions, right? They're, they're locked in with LeMahieu either at second base or first base. Uh, based on the line, the, the roster that they have, Glaber has to play shortstop. Uh, Urshela has to play third. You have the two guys at catcher. Okay, may, you know, Gary really hasn't been the issue so far. But then in the outfield, you know Judge is going to play every day. Mm-hmm. And then you have basically either Hicks playing left field or you have Gardner. You know what I mean? They're, they're kind of – there's not a whole lot of flexibility. Yeah. There's not a lot of areas where you can say, okay, we'll, we'll take this out and, and we can move in this guy. Because even if you, like, all right, let's say that they take out Hicks for a couple of days and play Talkman. I don't know that Talkman's going to provide you anything. you got to find it out. But mm-hmm. it's not like they have a, a, you know, like you look at the Rays, and the Rays are all about flexibility. Now, that's partly because they kind of have to be about that. 
Yep. But the Yankees, I just don't know that lineup-wise that they have many options to change things around outside of where the guys hit in the lineup, which wouldn't be a bad idea either. <laughs> <laughs> sure wouldn't. Let's go to the phones. Alvin's on the turnpike. Hey, Alvin, you're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, guys? Everything good? Everything's good. Except all right. Guys. Listen, guys, um, I've been listening. I listen to the show all the time. I listen to the program, to this, to this uh, station all the time, whether it's the Michael K show, whether it's your, your show, whether it's Carly's show, it doesn't matter. But one thing that I, I'm not listening to no one talk about is that there's an important player now in baseball, and it's called analytics. Listen, guys, I'm not a Yankee fan, but you can just tell that these guys, something is bothering them heavy. And they look at the lineup every day, and they say, wait a minute. I don't, they got hit batting third when he hasn't even hit anything. He hasn't even gotten a hit in 15. Well, he got one hit, 15 at bats, and they're putting him third? What kind of – no human will ever do something like that. No manager will do – will say, okay, not batting, let me put him third. It doesn't make any sense. These guys are probably not driven because it's, a, it's numbers running their – it's not emotion. It's not nothing. It's analytics. So think about it. You got a, you got a machine telling you or, 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 or people telling you what to do when they have no clue on what, are they, you know, what they're talking about. I mean, that's just my thing. That's just my thinking. I don't know about you guys, but it just kind of makes sense here to me. All right, Alvin, thanks for the phone call. Gordon, there, there is some analytic parts to this, obviously. And, you know, but I would think that, there's got to be, right, uh, Bart Scott always called it when he played with the Jets, break glass, pull lever, an emergency moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this would be it where you say, you know what, okay, I know what the analytics say, but here's what I'm looking at with my eyes. And my eyes tell me this is not working, so we got to change it. We, 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 we got to change it and, and do something different because, you know, we're beating ourselves in the head and it's not working. It's not changing. Yeah, well, look, analytics, the reason why it's infiltrated baseball is not just that it's effective. It, the, the baseball season makes it kind of effective. If you're, if you're reading the numbers correctly over the long haul, much like card counting uh, and blackjack, over the long haul, those numbers will play out if you're reading the numbers correctly. The problem is, is the Yankees have a problem in the short term. So I, I always kind of hate you know, the blaming of the analytics because it just seems like the boogeyman that we don't, we're not looking at all the time, and it's the it's the easy scapegoat. Uh, and, and I would point to who who is successful right now in baseball. It's the Rays who are all about the analytics, and they are reading the numbers correctly, and they have figured out a way to find all these different advantages with guys that most play most teams would not be all that crazed about. And if the Yankees put out a lineup that the Rays put out on a regular basis, just on the names alone, Yankee fans would not be all that happy. And then the Dodgers, who are clearly separated themselves from everyone else in the sport. So I, I just have a problem when people are just clearly, uh, you know, looking at it. Well, it's the analytics. It's the analytics. They work a lot of the time. But the problem is, is that the Yankees need something in the immediate. They can't wait for the numbers to kind of even themselves out right now. There's absolutely no one hitting except for DJ LeMayu, and he's not hitting the way he hit the last two years. 
and Gio Urshela is holding his own. If you want me to sit here and try to put a spin on this, that things are okay, well, things are not okay. They're 5-10. and 10. They have the worst record in the American League, and they have the second worst record in all of baseball behind the Colorado Rockies. That's it. Sheesh. I still think it's early, but it has been absolutely odious baseball all around. All the pitching except for Garrett Cole has been terrible. I'm sorry. I, I can't spin it any other way. They should be embarrassed the way they're playing, and I'm sure they are. They should be because they they've not looked good. Michael K on the Michael K show earlier today with his thoughts on the struggling Yankees. Hardesty and Damer until midnight here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I'm telling you, I know, and once again, I get it. I know he's not great offensively. I mean, I know he's not great defensively, but if if Andujar wasn't on the the 10-day IL, I would bring him up, Gordon. I'd put him in the lineup. I'm, you got to you got to start and getting some runs. Him? But where you are you going to play him? I what I would do is I think I would I know third is horrible, but Gordon, yeah. I'm telling you for that's a game, one the, that's one of the rare positions they can field, right? For, like they for got, a game, that, that's a, I, for a game, I would sit him, I'd put Osella at short and I would sit Torres. Yeah. I would say them for well, a game. Look, I would do some stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the desperate times do call for desperate measures. I, I guess that if uh, Stanton were to miss some time, which is not really all that far fetched considering how <laughs> things have gone, there would be a spot. Okay, let. But I think I think um, what's his name? Uh, Andujar is is dealing with another injury. I mean, that you and talk about a 10, guy who just yeah, can't catch thing. a break. Yeah, it's true. I mean, man, I mean, he came second in Rookie of the Year. And, I mean, we've never heard – he's really never gotten another chance. Yeah. Haven't heard from him again. No. It's unbelievable. It is really, really unbelievable. Well, that, but, I, I do think that that's a – you know, when we get into the part of the season where trades are a thing, that – and if you want to have criticism of Brian Cashman not moving him for something this offseason – um, that might be one of those areas because this roster, I mean, if you take a look at the roster, it's let's pound home runs, and that has worked. That has yeah. worked. And when they yeah. start doing that, it will work, I'm sure. But there are a lot of – it's a question of whether or not that will work enough to cover up all the other areas. Well, Gordon, now let me ask you, is, is, it, is it the problem that they're not hitting home runs, the fact that they've deadened the baseball again? I mean, you, you know, know, Joe we, Sherman brought this up in a, a column um, in, in the Post that the Yankees are seeing the lowest rate of fastballs, both two seam and four seam, and that maybe that the league has maybe started to figure them out some. Well, certainly mm-hmm. the Rays have figured them out. We know that much for sure. Yeah, whether true. or not when they face the rest of the league, whether or not the the Rays have provided a blueprint to the rest of the league. Uh, this is the way you can consistently get the Yankees out. We shall see. Um, I still got to think that, you know, if you're telling me the Yankee offense is not going to be good this year, I would think that it would be, okay, a couple of guys perform up to their normal standards mm-hmm. or maybe even kind of exceed those a little bit. A couple of guys are hurt. A couple of guys have had a battling injuries, and a couple of guys are having really down years. Right now, it's everybody's not hitting, essentially. Like, even, even the guys who are hitting, like LeMahieu, and if you look at judges' numbers, they don't look atrocious, but mm-hmm. they're not really hitting like they normally hit. Right. There's not a single guy in the lineup you're saying, well, at least we got him. Yeah, yeah. They're all bad together. They're I all mean, bad, bad together. They're God, bad. they're terrible together. <laughs> no, poor hitting. You talk about bad players, contagious. It is contagious. Losing Everything. is a disease. Yeah. Like that scene in The Natural. And the Yankees have certainly <laughs> right. caught that disease right now. They really have. Terrence is in Atlanta. Hey, Terrence, you're next on 98.7.
Hey, how you doing, guys? I just started listening to your show. Uh, first of all, analytics is killing the game of baseball. Hit and run, run and steal, none of that. You know, you know, if the Yankees would wake up, you're not hitting. So manufacture runs. What's the, what's the big deal? Terrence, who, how are they going to manufacture runs? They got three hits run. the other day. But, you, but if you put the but, but if you put base runners in motion, that makes the defense move. Okay. Well, but what base runners I mean, though? I mean, they I don't have, have they don't have guys that are they're a station to station team. I mean, that's how they're built. They don't have guys that can go first to third really all that much. And they haven't hit gotten run, on, Terrence. But if you hit and run it, but if you but if you use a hit and run, it, it creates. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know, saying, but Terrence, Terrence they, they, I mean, they theory, don't have right. a lot of high contact guys either. They're they're built to, you know, hit the ball out of the ballpark. So and they have a lot of strikeout guys. So you know, between Judge and, and Stanton, you can't risk running with those guys because a lot of times they're going to strike out. But that, I think that's but if you don't try, if you don't try, you're going to always <laughs> fail. Right. Well, they're trying to hit home runs, and that doesn't work either. They're trying. They're not trying at all. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think that trying something that you are not designed to do is the is the definition of 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 panic, Mm -hmm. right? Like if they start ordering guys to to hit and run, that guys that never have done that, and and, I mean their lineup is is not really designed that way. Most teams aren't. You know, the eighty five Cardinals. Whitey Herzog is is not uh, sitting in many dugouts anymore, and uh, you know is not got you know the rabbits at the top of the lineup, and the Yankees just aren't that designed that way. And I would think that if you start doing things that you don't ordinarily do, I think that that's the first. If guys are pre- aren't pressing already, I would think that that would be the way to get them to start pressing. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. There's no question. That, that's not the way to go. It's not the way to go. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, my people? How you doing tonight? Buddha. Give me something good. Listen, you know, as people have spoken about, you know, I mean, the analytics, when you have when you have a slump, I mean, I don't know if the analytics can account for that. And then um, and during those times, you know, certain times what teams need a skipper, you know what I mean, as opposed to a quote-unquote manager. So we know that the Yankees don't have that. Um, I mean, Hicks, I mean, I guess – down the road, if, if he continues playing as poorly as he has, he can make some kind of a move. Um, you know, Frazier, you, you make the case for Frazier <laughs> to start over Gardner. And, I mean, if he's not hitting. It, you know, David Garcia is, is an obvious, you know, choice between the two pitches that you spoke about. But um, let, let's be honest. I mean, these problems, are, are, they're not really complex with the team. You know, the team is a reflection sort of of the manager to a certain extent, not not necessarily just because, you know, that's how they're performing. But, I mean, it's the same basic flaw. This team is not a team that has guys with that that leadership quality or, you know, the uh, – I don't want to say passion because that's that, yes, a loose term. But, you know, I don't know if they ever recovered from, from those last couple of playoff losses. I don't know if this team – is is built as they're built, you know, presently constituted. I don't think they have the guys to, to get out of this at this at this point. 
I just don't. I mean, well, look, I, I think that different things you could say. There's a there's a question of whether or not they're good enough to to rise to the level of the expectations that we've had for them, right? Like playoff team, World Series team, all those kind of things. To me, I, I don't think you can question whether or not they have enough talent to be better than this. Like they have enough talent to be way better than five and ten. No, that's not what I mean. I'm not talking about the literal record, you know, now. We know that's going to balance out at some point. It's very early. I'm talking about in, 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 just in your Yankees fan, Gordon. Yeah. Do you believe that you're going to win a World Series with this team as President no. Johnson? No. The pitching is not that. good enough, uh, and, and the defense is is uh, is a concern. And I didn't really think the defense would be this much of a concern early on. And I know that in the past they've had some sloppy starts where the defense, the base running, all these different areas kind of look really bad early on. But this year I feel like that the defense is such that unless Glaber Torres and, and Aaron Hicks get back to playing plus – defense and I don't know why we would think that that's going to at least Hicks has a history of being a good defender I don't know what has happened to him Glaber has never really I mean he has not been a good defender in the time he has played at shortstop it just is is, is that clear I, I don't know if that's going I don't know if that's fixable I, I don't know if that's fixable either but yeah. I mean God help us if that was the only problem though I mean <laughs> right. defense is poor the pitching is poor yeah, pitching and is the hitting is poor. I mean, that's the triple threat, bro. Yeah, well, look, I mean, look, I think the hitting's good. I don't know gonna... if they're going to get out of this. I, yeah. I don't think they. I don't think that they have the guys. And when I say this, I'm not talking about the literal talent, Gordon. I'm not talking about that. I don't think that they have the guys. And when I say to get out of this, I don't mean you know being ten games under 500 after 15 games. I'm talking about getting over the hump, and they're going to probably make it to the playoffs. But getting over the hump. I don't think that as presently constituted, they have they're not balanced enough. We know that they're not balanced enough in terms of a playoff because they hit well for the regular season sometimes, but during the playoffs they don't. But I just don't think that it's, it's a lot of it's like the chemistry and the they don't feel part. like a team. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't feel like a team. Right, right, you know, right, right. like when you watch the Rays, they feel like a about. you know they're, they're they're greater than the sum of their parts. Um, the Yankees mm-hmm. just don't, they just feel like a collection of guys who, you know, put up big numbers and, and look, that's worked in the past, but a lot of it is, is guys that have not, I think the questions that we have are the two guys in the pitching staff who they went out and got this off season and just kind of the design of, of, Hey, we'll just do the same thing over and over again. Let's just get as many guys as that can hit home runs as possible. Uh, and, and we'll just mm-hmm. trot out that team and, and it should work. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't no, feel like a team. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, that's really what I was trying to say. You hit the nail right in the head. I was being a little too wordy. That is yeah, exactly right. what I'm talking about. And and they don't feel like it. You know, see, a lot of times in sports, as a fan, you know, as a coach, whatever it is, we have an idea that of what we think a group of guys are. But those group of guys also have an idea of what they think they are. And that's what oozes off of them. You know, you talk about oozing with cheese, Mo? They're not oozing any of that at all. No, they're not, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. But then again, when you're playing like this, how can you? I mean, you can't, you, you, you know, you, it's funny. When you're struggling, you look like you have no energy. You look like you're step slow. You look like you're, you're always late on the fastball. Gordon, when you're not playing well, you look bad. It's yeah. real simple. And when you're not hitting, and even more so for a Yankee team where that's the strength of the team is hitting, 
it is always going to look flat, right? It's always yeah. going to look terrible when you, you when you're not. It's bad enough when they get hits and they don't get the key hits, or they have guys on each inning and they don't score runs. Right now, they're not really doing a whole lot of anything. No, they're not even getting runners on base consistently. I mean, right? You know, That's one way to solve the runner the hitting with runners in scoring position. <laughs> just don't get any of them, right? Yeah, because we're talking than being about being one for ten. Just be one for three. You know, we were just talking about that. Like they don't hit. They don't have timely hitting. They don't have nobody who's on base. No. You can't have timely hitting in that scenario. It's rough. They're struggling. No question. The Nets want to see how that thigh bruise feels today with Kevin Durant. Their sense is that usually it hurts a little more the next day, and they'll get a better sense of how long he might miss. But the hope is that this is a day-to-day injury, but they wanted to really just see how it felt today when Durant came back in for treatment. And it didn't feel good, Wold, so he's not playing tomorrow night. It's hard to stand Damer on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, before we talk to the, talk about the Knicks, let's get another comment from Woj, and this is his comment fully. You hear from his mouth about how some Eastern Conference teams are getting more confident about facing the Nets. Seven games, that's the amount of games that Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving had pl- have played together. And it is a concern. And I think if you're just matching up talent in the playoffs, not just the net star power, you know, but the role players they have, adding a Blake Griffin in the buyout market, Joe Harris is having an outstanding season. The Nets, you know, they don't have a lot of holes, certainly, but the continuity that they don't have in big moments and the postseason, you're going to be in a dragout game with a Philadelphia, with a Milwaukee, with a Miami, and they don't have that experience together. And I think that with those other teams, that's their belief that they could still get Brooklyn in the postseason. And I'm telling you, Gordon, you know, you look, and once again, I understand the individual talent of these three players. There's no denying their talent is great. But I think Woj makes an interesting point in that who takes the last shot? Gordon, let's go back. And we don't have to go back far. Let's go back to Miami when LeBron first got there with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And they were like, who's going to take the last shot? And they played more than seven games together. And they had issues with who was going to take the last shot until Dwayne Wade said, hey, listen, this is your team now. You know what to do, L- uh, LJ. You know what to do. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I I find it hard to believe that there are that many teams in the Eastern Conference, even diminished, that would have that, a real shot to take down the Nets. It's really two. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is that I have very – I don't know what I have less confidence in that, that there's teams that can take them down, or that the Nets are going to remain healthy throughout the playoffs. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, what team can beat the Nets? Well, what Nets are going to actually show up, right? Like, is it going to be a thing where Kevin Durant is not able to play the the full playoff series? I mean, there's no way to know that because every time he seems like he's coming back, something new has popped up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, And and you just hope, you know, that that he's able to stay on the court so you could see – because you want to see what they can do, Gordon. It's it's you want to see how they how they play together. You want to see how they're able to go through the postseason. Right. Yeah, it's Absolutely. fascinating. You and, want to and see. It, and we have not got to see it in the regular season. No. Maybe some of that fascination would be taken away if they were playing night in and night out. Maybe a missed game here or there, but they're missing games all the time. It's it's are. rare that even two of them show up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Right. I mean, Harden's been out for a while now. Yeah. Kyrie's in and out. Yeah. Durant's in and out. It's, it's just weird. 
Gordon, something happened yesterday. Made me dream. I know it's two years away, Gordon. I know. I know it's two years away. But when I heard Zion Williamson at the postgame yesterday, Gordon, I just smiled. Well, you know, even if it's not Zion per se, the fact that that maybe you can actually feel confident that the Knicks are doing the right things, that they will be appealing to star, not just a star, right? Not just a free agent, but like guys who you would really, they're high up on the wish list. That's that's saying something because I I don't think, I think that we might've thought that the Knicks might get to a spot where a free agent will take their money. But I don't know if we thought that it was going to happen so quickly that there will be guys actually almost targeting coming to New York as part of the uh, the rebuild. Yeah. Here's what Zion had to say. Through Woj. I think it's something to watch down the road. I think if you followed Zion Williamson closely, he doesn't just talk to talk. And he's pretty particular in what he says and when he says it. He's been very consistent like that, even back to Duke, but in the NBA. And so listen, he's a long way away from free agency. He's only in his second year in the NBA. But I think with the way that the Knicks have been rejuvenated, success you're seeing them have here in the short term anyway, I don't think it was completely by accident. The beginning of that clip, he said, hey, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, mm. he was, it was clear he was waiting for that question. So something to watch down the road. And, and listen, I think we all know with New York, if you have a competent product on the floor, if that team is run well, you know, Madison Square Garden in New York is a place that players should want to play. We'll see how New York's able to carry that forward to a time where maybe it's a more timely conversation with players like Zion Williamson. And if you missed it, here's what Zion had to say. New York is the mecca of basketball. I love playing here. Uh, when I played here in college, and this is my first time playing here in the pros, and I mean, this this atmosphere, you know, whether they're cheering for you, whether they're booing for you, uh, it's amazing. Uh, honestly, I think outside of New Orleans, obviously, I think this might be my favorite place to play outside of New Orleans. I can't even lie to you. I can't lie to you. Gordon, you can hear the smile in his smile face. in his face. Yep, you can hear a smile. You absolutely uh-huh. can. I, I, I would be. I would just. I, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> I got to wait. I know I got to wait. Yes. But I know I got to wait. But once again, Gordon, as you mentioned, and rightfully so, this is what happens when you just show competency. Yep. <laughs> Simple as that. They're the competent team. And once again, you can't say it enough. Tom Thibodeau's done a tremendous job with these guys. They're always prepared. They may not always execute, Gordon. They may not, they may not always hit all their shots. Nobody does. But they play hard. They're entertaining. They're fun to watch. And, you know th- – they don't. Ha- what I like about this team, they don't have a glass chin. Like no. you can get, they can get down and they will bounce back. They'll fight and they'll get up and they'll try to get back into the game. That's what I really respect about them. Yeah, I mean, and and just the, I mean, you're, you're talking about the dream uh, of down the road. The dream of this year is is uh, they're half a game out of four. I mean, you would sign just to be one of the top six right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you, you would take that and to avoid the play-in altogether. And, I, and I, I've said it before, and, and now that it's becoming a little bit more likely or at least possible, if, you, if the Knicks are one of the top six teams in the Eastern Conference, I don't care how they get knocked out of the playoffs, this has been a successful year. There's absolutely. No, there's no way you can spin it any other way. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Ahmad's in Rockland. Ahmad, thanks for holding. You're next on 98.7 ESPN. 
Hey, Mark? Larry. Hey, Gordon. Hey, How you doing? Man? Good evening. Hey, man. Hey, uh, I was just, uh, I, I'm glad you, you you finally made a, a good comment about, about the Knicks, Gordon. I, I appreciate that, man. You usually, <laughs> you've, been, you've been bashing them all year. You know, what? we won six in a row. We look when when did you I know, bash them all year? I've been nothing but positive about oh. them all year. Are you serious? I yes. Yeah, he has been. He has been the mod. What, what, well, give me an example of something oh. that I have bashed them about. What? Every time we lose, every time we lost one or two games, you know, you, you always you'll bring up all the negatives instead of like talking about the good oh, things that we well, had. When the they, when they lose going games, so I'm going league. to point out the reason they lost the games. Look, Ahmad, I'll be honest with you. Have, Even while I've enjoyed the season, I have questioned whether or not they be, they were going to be able to keep this up. Uh, but I've been very positive about Tom Thibodeau. I've been nothing but praise Julius Randle. I was not one of the people that wanted to just ship him out of here after last year. Um, so I don't I don't know what you're talking about because there's I have not been anything but positive about the Knicks this year. Maybe it's a twin brother of yours or something. I don't know. Well, but you know I what, Ahmad? I, I, you, you usually, usually back to Knicks every night, I swear. <laughs> I tell you what, it could be, Ahmad, and thanks for the phone call. It could have been that you heard Gordon last year. I mean, listen, even Don LaGreca said, right. even Don LaGreca said that Gordon was happy about the Knicks. Giddy <laughs> was the term he used. He said even Gordon's giddy about the Knicks this year. Right. Now, look, do I have a healthy skepticism, at least earlier on, that they were going to be able to keep this up over the long haul or that Julius Randle was going to be able to play like this over the long haul? Yeah, I did. But they're showing you over time that they are able to do it. And they and they still and and Gordon, I'm just I'm just trying. To, I want them to win as many as they can before they hit the May of Death. <laughs> right. Well, look, the, the tough the tough work is still to come, but I mean, with the they've kind of I don't want to say this, but they've kind of built up a little bit uh, of of wiggle room, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit of a cushion now that they're three yeah. games over 500. But I mean, I don't know, I don't know how I could be any more. Po- I'm the one who points out all the verified Nick haters. The yeah. people that have not given the team a fair shake. I always give the team a fair shake because I know how important that team is to the city. If the Knicks ever won here, forget the Yankees, forget the Giants. If the Knicks ever won a championship, it would be like nothing we have seen here in a very long time. You have to shut the city down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Play, the, the place would be up for grabs, as they say. It would be. Start your Tuesday with DPHO Canty and Rothenberg. Mike Tannenbaum will join the boys at 7.35 tomorrow morning, and that leads you right into Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Jimbo Fisher, the Texas A&M head coach at 8.10. Jay Gruden, the former uh, Washington football team head coach at 8.30. And then the KJZ mock draft. Now, Gordon, you should be on this because you've oh already picked God, them directly. All you should be in on this. Oh you God. should and, be in on and this. And, Larry, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm getting yes. a little sick because the Dolphins are going to screw it up again. No, they won't. Yes, they will. Kyle <laughs> Pitts will be – I'm telling you right now, Trevor Lawrence is the biggest lock of the draft. Zach Wilson is the second biggest. The Dolphins selecting Devontae Smith wherever they draft, six if they move down, wherever. They are going to take Alabama players with their first two picks. Oh, no. I are not going to take I, Pitts? No. Oh. And I don't know. Maybe Pitts won't be there, but I'm getting a sense that there's no way they're taking him. There's no way they're taking Jamar Chase. Absolutely no shot. They are not taking – because of their relationship 
with Alabama and, and Nick Saban. They're very uh, the, the 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 GM Chris Greer was there with the Dolphins when Saban was here. They have this relationship. They like Alabama players. And think about it: in a year filled with uncertainty, what do you go with? You go with what you're comfortable with. You go mm-hmm. with what you have a, a knowledge of and a pipeline to. And I'm I'm telling you right now, if it's six, if it's nine, if, it, if they move down a little bit more, it's going to be Devontae Smith is going to be the pick. Wow. Mm. Well, well, don't scream. Well, the, actually, they're only going picks one through four tomorrow. Oh, on thank the KJZ. God. All right. Well, that's uh, that's better. That's fine. That's okay. You know, so I'm very curious to see who Bart Scott is going to draft for the Jets. He's picking. Uh, is he going to take so, Sam Darnold? He's been, a, he's been a big Sam Darnold defender. I know no, Sam I Darnold's not in the draft, but I feel like, you know, Bart might uh, just uh, stick it to them. You know, he's, he's an outside-the-box kind of guy. So Maybe he'll, maybe he'll go Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> KJZ I mean, tomorrow could morning. You, I mean, you, can you imagine the producers who are calling all these people? You could just have one person screw up the whole thing for you, That's you know? Right. That's right. Mess up everything. You got to call everybody else. No, he's already been taken. What do you mean he's already Wait, been taken? It's only a third pick <laughs> of the draft. No, Bart Scott decided to take uh, Kyle Pitts at number. He took Najee Harris at number two. That's it. Exactly. You know, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? At- Etienne is gone? Yes, yes. <laughs> Mark in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, fellas? Mark, what's happening, man? Oh, man. Oh, man. I got good stuff. Larry, I couldn't wait to talk to you about the Nets, and uh, they gave me something to talk to you about. But before I say that, Gordon, uh, Rich from Manhattan had one of the best lines I've heard in 2021. You were going back and forth, and it was his turn, and he goes, but they're not winning with their third of a billion-dollar pitcher. And you actually gasped. <laughs> well, he hasn't been the problem. The problem is they only have one of those guys. It's yeah. all the other guys. I'm not going to complain about the guy who's making you a lot of money who's hurting him. I'm complaining about the guys who are making, a, you know, Corey Kluber making $11 million and, and can't make it to the fifth inning. That's the guy I got the problem with. Gordon, that line, that line was classic. I, 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 credit, to, credit to Rich, you got to give it up. And going to um, Larry, the Nets, um, <clears throat> a couple things. Well, at least three. One, Marcus Stroman. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. <laughs> Larry, nine strikeouts in a row, a behind-the-back bowling ball throw out in first base. <laughs> I mean, and a three-hitter. Stop. <laughs> Yeah, he had, he had, listen, <laughs> he is, and I got to tell you this, Mark, I got to be honest with you. I was apprehensive about him when he first came because I thought he, he really wanted to, I thought he really wanted to play for Gordon's team. Yes. I didn't think he really wanted to play for the Mets, but, uh, I, you Larry. know, we'll, we'll, he's pitched well so far. He's pitched well. Larry, the other thing. Yep. The long fly ball. Now, I know they got their murderers row with Astari and Blackman, but I forget the first guy with the long left field fly ball that uh, Nino caught at the fence. Oh, uh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't think of it, but go ahead. I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> and oh. and then, of course, I think it was J.D. Davis got gunned down trying to get a triple out of a double, which is okay because I, I felt like he could have got it. But uh, McNeil, I think it but was. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> But the cool, the, the cool thing to, to pay that back, 
McCann dance, dance, done his second base yeah. and a walk off, a walk off uh, throwout. Come on, that's the Mets, Larry. <laughs> I can't you're wait. Right. To bring on the Cubs. Bring them on, baby. Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying, Mark. You know, I'm I'm excited about it too. It's early. Uh, I'm happy to see what I'm looking forward to seeing the Cubs series. I'm looking forward to seeing this Boston Red Sox team. But I got to tell you, and I will give uh, Mark and Gordon and Mark thanks for the phone call. It was good talking to you, my friend. And and Gordon, I will give Diaz credit because he got out of it yesterday. But Gordon, when that ball went deep, I was like, dog, <laughs> Gordon, he did it again. And I, well, they did in the baseballs a little bit, right? So. And I tell you, I wouldn't want to be—I wouldn't want to be him having to face Strowman, yeah. after the way Strowman pitched, and you come up and you come in and just give up a hit like that. I wouldn't want to face him if I'd been Marcus Strowman. But uh, you know what? I, I give him credit. He, he did a nice job. He got a—he got a save, Gordon. Gordon, he got a save. Well, look, it's nice to hear Mark very excited. You know, Mark's teams have not uh, has provided him with you know he's a big Jet fan, big Met fan, so. Not a lot of smiles there over the last uh, few seasons. So at least, and he's a Nets on, guy too. He's a Nets guy also. Oh, a Nets guy. Okay, well mm-hmm. he's got something there to smile about. But he uh, definitely yeah, does. Not, not not a lot to smile about uh, on the first two. Jan's and Yonkers. Hey Jan, you're next on ninety-eight-seven. Hi, how are you? Hey Jan. hey Jan, what's up? Well, uh, haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks. I love your show, you and Gordon. Thank uh, you. For the last seven years, we've been the the joke of the league. Uh, teams were mopping the floor with us every night, you know? And it just is so much fun to see uh, our, team, our team on the sidelines cheering for each other, the opposition screaming at the officials because they don't get the calls, the coaches, like just, excuse me, Stan Van Gundy yesterday screaming up and down and <laughs> – putting his team, his team under the bus, throwing his team under the bus. It's just a joy to see. I know the honeymoon won't last forever, but it's just a joy to watch this team believe in their coach and their coach believe in them. And thank you for taking my call and your thoughts. All right, Jan. Thanks, thanks so much. Listen, it is a lot of fun. And I, if I have to nitpick, Gordon, if I have to, I wish that Julius Randle would ease off the officials a little bit. There are times in the game where I wish you just ease off them yeah. a little bit. But, uh, listen, you're right, uh, Jan. What you see, they're entertaining. They're fun to watch. Uh, they scrap. They play hard. They die for loose balls. Which, which, Gordon, which is like, you mean they're not supposed to do that? You're giving them credit for doing those things? Well, let's just face it. All teams don't do that. And, and what you like about them, Gordon, is they seem to play for each other, right? And, and they support each other. And it's just a lot of fun. And, Jan, you're right. For seven years, we've been like, oh, God. Remember, this is a franchise whose season ended with a win total that began with a one, not once but twice. This, 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 it's, it's, this is a godsend, Gordon, for Think what they've been this where year. where we usually are at this time of oh. the year. Usually it's been it's – it's about, well, the lottery balls. When is the lottery going to be held? Well, maybe they can get lucky in the lottery this year. Maybe this year – and look, they 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 still ha- will have those off season conversations because I think it mm-hmm. is going to be an exciting off season. But you got something to watch. Yeah, it, it, you sit down and watch a game, and it's enjoyable. How long have we been begging 
for a team to play with some defense, play with some heart, some effort, night in, night out, just just work really hard. And that's what the Knicks are doing now. So I, 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 don't, know, I don't want to make it out like uh, the, the, the job is, is, is already met or mission accomplished or anything like that. But this is an, from going from where they were just to where they are right now. It's night and day. It is. And that's what looking ahead, Gordon, that's what will make what they do this offseason going into next season. There's more pressure on them because now they have risen their own bar. Yeah. And look, I'm excited about where they're at, mm-hmm. but I have to be honest. If I was going to be honest, mostly I think my my overall excitement is that it looks like you have people running the organization who actually know what they're doing. Yep, that's where my real excitement because this is nice. It's it's not, but I don't expect them to have some deep playoff run this year or anything like that. If they could win a playoff series, that would be sensational. But I'm not, I'm not hope, uh, you know, I'm not expecting that. I'd hope for it, but I'm not going to expect it. But my real excitement is it's not just that they're overachieving with a with a a group that's not all that talented. It's that it seems like there's an actual plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They actually hired a coach who knows what he's doing. Yep. They didn't go out and make a panic move or make a splashy move like going and getting Russell Westbrook when previous regimes would have tried to make that kind of push or make that kind of move. Yep. Uh, now, look, they could still screw it up. Who knows? We'll find out. But <laughs> I think that that's where my, my overall excitement comes from is that this is really good, but this is not the end goal by any means. Anthony's in the Bronx. Hey, Anthony, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Just want to make two quick comments. Mm-hmm. Um, the gentleman that got on, he was so giddy about the Mets. Let me just remind this gentleman something. And you know this is what we do in sports. We go back and forth with each other's teams. The Mets haven't won a championship in 86 years. And you know something? No, you got a big, no, bad a little, team out in L.A. It's not been that, 86 years. Hold on. Let, let me finish my thought, gentlemen. <laughs> okay, but it's not 86 and, years. You said it's been 86 years. since. I mean, no, since 86. You know what yes, I'm talking about, my brother. Come on now. The Mets haven't won a World Series since 86. And you're looking at a big, bad team in L.A. So, for the Mets fans, I wouldn't get too giddy about their chances of winning a championship. And, Larry, I make, I like to make a comment with, in, uh, in regards to the Nets. And we all know if, if Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Hardy is healthy, I don't see Philadelphia or uh, Milwaukee beating them. Because you got to remember, gentlemen, <clears throat> these are not big-time teams, especially when it comes to the playoffs. The Greek freak has not risen to the occasion yet in the playoffs, and Philadelphia hasn't risen to the occasion yet in the playoffs. So I wouldn't worry too much about Philadelphia or Milwaukee if those three is healthy. Now, if they're not healthy, then we're talking about a different story. The only team I see uh, that can stop the Nets if they're healthy, and that's my team out in L.A., the Lakers, because we are big and we're strong, and that's the type of team that gives the Nets a problem. Your thoughts, gentlemen. Well, Anthony, you're right, and that was the whole point of Woj's comments, where the folks in the Eastern Conference are getting more and more confident in the fact that the Nets haven't been healthy. So that's why they feel like, you know, going into the postseason, Gordon, are they going to be healthy? Will they be healthy in the postseason because they've had injuries linger? So that's the one part. The other thing is, Anthony, 
The Mets have been struggling. Can't I enjoy the first couple of weeks of the season right. with my I mean, team playing well? No, no, no caller tonight has called. You know, not, be it, let me be the last person to, to come to the Met fan defense, but <laughs> not one caller tonight has said, "Oh, the Mets are winning the World Series," or "We're no. going to we're going to the World Series." No. They're just excited because they've gotten off to a good start. You know, can I root for my team? No, apparently not. I mean, no, you know. no. Ex- See, that's the problem. Is that with Yankee fans, and I think that, the, well, look, they played terrible and they've been unwatchable, but the Yankees are in like this terrible position where, especially with this group, because they've been to the playoffs, it's it's World Series or bust. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if anything good happens, it's, oh, well, that's supposed to happen. They're supposed to win games. And then when mm-hmm. they lose games, well, what the hell are you doing? You're supposed <laughs> to win games. So there's there's no enjoyment out of the season whatsoever. And that's just a terrible way to go about things. It is. I mean, I, 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 I should be able to enjoy Jacob Degrom, who's pitching well. I should be able to enjoy what well. I mean, you know, geez, Louise. I mean, you know. this is. We'll, we'll, we might never. I mean, it's going to be a while before we see somebody pitching like this again. I mean, he I has agree. been unbelievable. He unbelievable. Has. Stroman's been very good. Very good. excellent so far. You know, and and listen, am, am I sitting here telling you I got confidence in my bullpen? Is a is a championship bullpen? No. Not at all. I, I worry about my bullpen every time they come on the field. But I mean, you know what? Lindor's played well. This this is defense. And I'm listen, Gordon. Do I have defensive problems on my team? Yes, Absolutely. I do. Okay, yeah. so I'm not sitting here claiming to have a perfect team. I'm just happy we're winning some games because you know, listen, I've been there when we haven't won games. I know what I know what the Yankee fan is dealing with right now. Been there, been there, and guess what? We're worse with less talent. <laughs> so yeah, and, and, and look, if, if the Mets were to get off to the start where the Yankees, I think it would be more concerning because they're playing in a deeper division. Mm-hmm. And if if we are, are all saying that the Padres and Dodgers are coming out of the West, that only leaves you the one wild card. So if the Mets got off to a five and ten start, as bad as it's been for the Yankees, I think it would have been more concerning for the Mets. Plus, we'd be yelling at our owner, "Why didn't you get Springer? Right? Why, why didn't, why you, didn't you get Bauer? Bauer? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, Brad Hand, why didn't you bring him in? Right? Exactly. You know, so we 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 we, we would really be screaming. <laughs> but you know, we're we're. We're very quiet and humble right now, Gordon. Quiet and humble. Well, you are. There are some Met fans who are getting a little chirpy. They, the, you know, the Met fan, and look, I'm the same way with the Yankee fan. The, 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 the Met fan is enjoying the Yankee struggles, a lot of them, mm-hmm, as much mm-hmm. as anybody. So, yeah. And that's, that's part of the game. So, it's part, yeah, it's know, part of the back and forth. Look, if the Mets start to struggle at some point and the Yankees can actually find their way to winning a baseball game, I might be the same way. You might be. And you would be you be it would be okay for you to be that way. That's That's right. Part of what it is. Me, Mr. Negative Nick fan. (laughs) What was that about? I don't know. Doesn't he know you bring people together? I bring people together. That's what I'm all about. I don't get it. Oh, it would be great if the Nets lost, though, wouldn't? I mean, the, the <laughs> Nick fan, as happy as the Nick fan is about everything that they've done this year, if the oh. Nets don't win a title, Nick fans might throw a parade for that, <laughs> and they won't be alone. No. There'll be some other teams in the league throwing it as well. Yep. There'd be a lot of people at that party, Gordon. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.